Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Allison H. Larson. Uh, today's show is one that is a very sensitive topic. Uh, it's one that I am excited to share in the sense that I believe this is knowledge that I want a lot of people to have. Um, it's hard for me to share because it hits very close to home for me. And I'm really thankful for the guests that I have on today and for her courage to be able to share her journey with us. Today's topic is about emotional abuse and specifically about emotionally abusive relationships. Um, we'll talk a little bit about physical abuse as well. and uh, But but we're mostly going to focus on on emotional abuse and, and what is that. And here's why I'm so passionate about this topic and about helping people uh, be able to recognize if they are in an emotionally abusive relationship and helping them get out of it. First of all, I have to say, I think that this is a totally overused term. And I think that it can be an excuse for people to um, not want to work on their marriage or their relationships. So first of all, I want to say we're going to set a really clear definition of what emotional abuse is and what it isn't. Because it is not, um, using emotional abuse is not an excuse to um, get out of a, a marriage or a relationship that you just don't want to work on. It, it, it can be used to blame the other person. Um, but here, here's why I else I'm passionate about it is I think that people that are in emotional abusive relationships, and I've talked to so many, they don't know how to recognize it. They don't understand what is an emotionally abusive relationship, how do I get out of it, and it literally um, can cost people their lives. And we often think, when we think of abusive relationships, we think, I know there was an exhibit recently in New York where they had like hundreds of women's pairs of shoes, and one pair of shoe represented every woman um, that was that was killed that year by her husband or her boyfriend in a physically abusive relationship. And um, I think oftentimes we think of, well, you know, I'm, I'm not getting hit or I'm not getting hurt, so it must not be an abusive relationship. And that's also not true. Uh, there can be other forms of, of abuse that are aren't as clearly defined. And so I want to really bring those into light and to help define those for people. And uh, we're also on Facebook Live, and I really want to encourage any of our Facebook Live viewers to please, if you have any comments or any questions, um, write those below and would love to answer those as we go along. So without further ado, I want to invite my guest on the show today. I first met Jackie. So we have Jackie Gray on the show today. I first met Jackie. I actually uh, it happened to stumble across <laughs> an opportunity to uh, be a guest at a, at a speaker training mastermind um, with a gentleman called Tiamu, who's absolutely brilliant. I'm so blessed to be there. And one of the people in attendance at that mastermind that I was a guest at um, was Jackie Gray. And as I got to know the different people that were there and the different speakers and what their topics were and what they were passionate about, I came to hear that her topic was um, emotional abuse and got to know a little bit about her and her story and how she is helping the world. So um, Jackie, I don't want to say too much more. I want to give you an opportunity to brag about yourself. For those of you watching the show, you know I always <laughs> give an opportunity for my guests to brag about themselves. So, uh, Jackie, go ahead and brag away. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, Allison, I want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. Mm -hmm. I just feel so blessed to have met you and that you um, reached out to me and we had a chance to talk and talk about this about this topic, which is just so important in this platform. I just, oh, sometimes I have to pinch myself that, that I'm able to, to share and hopefully um, can help some, some people. But um, back to the bragging. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have been a piano teacher for the past 20 years, and I am so proud of the fact that I've been able to bring the love of music into the lives of over 1,300 students since I started teaching when I was 16 and that has been just such a joy to see them grow and develop in their love of music and make that their own. 
Um, and also, I'm really proud of the fact that I picked up and moved from my hometown of Seattle to Nashville to pursue my dream of becoming a singer-songwriter. I did that in 2011, and I am blessed to have two albums out that I have um, done as an independent artist, and I'm working on my third album right now, as a matter of fact, and my current albums have over a million listens on Spotify, which is so, so exciting and wow. just love being able to, to go to Spotify every month and see the different countries and the different cities where people are listening and just this, this global reach is, is pretty amazing. And the, the most I am excited about and proud about, the thing, the thing that I am most proud about is the fact that I was able to have the courage to leave my abusive marriage and to not go back once. And I am so passionate about helping people recognize when they are in an abusive relationship and not only recognize it, but to be able to get out of that relationship. Um, The statistic from the National um, Abuse Hotline is that someone who has been abused goes back to their abuser for an average of seven times before the the final time that they leave. Wow. And that is an astounding statistic to me. Mm -hmm. And I feel so lucky to not have gone back once. And I... I want to see other people get that freedom, get yeah. their lives back. Yeah. I know it's possible. Well, I love that that's what you're passionate about. It seems like you're very accomplished and have some, uh, you know, some great accomplishments under your belt and have done some amazing things in the world. So here's, here's what I'm curious about because I, I see somebody that's, um, I'm doing air quotes, successful like you are, beautiful, <laughs> successful woman having this success in the world. And I know a little bit about your background and your story. And you actually were having some success and then got into a marriage that ended up being emotionally abusive. Tell us a little yeah. bit about your story, because how did you go from being this confident and successful woman, you're at the height of your career, you're living in Nashville, to uh, being in this toxic relationship? What's your what's your story there? Yeah, I, I love that you asked that, because I feel like there is this this myth that you have to be a desperate person, or you're a codependent, or... Um, you know, you're, you're this somehow other that to get into an abusive relationship. And it's, um, it's really not true. And, you know, the thing that I have learned about abuse is that it's not just physical. Mm-hmm. And at the heart of all abuse is emotional abuse. Hmm. I know we've, we've already talked about that a little bit, but that's something that I didn't realize. So the beginning of my relationship, it was beautiful and it was so romantic and and I want to take you back to that moment when I realized I was in an abusive marriage. Yeah. I was about 15 months into my marriage and I had been going to see a therapist because my now ex had the idea that um, we should work on our communication and Um, go to a a marital therapist together, uh, which later I found out is um, one common thing. um, And it's actually not recommended to go to a marriage counselor if you're in an abusive relationship. That makes so uh, much sense. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I can tell you, you know, being in a highly um, toxic relationship towards the end of my marriage, marriage counseling was one of the worst things that I've ever experienced or ever done in my life. So I can, I, but that's so interesting that you say that because I've never heard that before. That's, that's really interesting. Okay. So continuing on. So you're going to this marriage counseling. Yeah. So we were, and she could tell um, that there was, that there were some things going on. And so she recommended that we see people separately, um, therapists separately before we came back. Mm -hmm. And, 
my ex decided to go to a free intern at our church who, after two times, told him, oh, it's it's a marriage issue, and mm-hmm. he didn't really know anything about abuse, and was in his 20s, and, and I ended up going to a therapist who um, knew what she was, she was talking about, and um, that was an incredible experience to me, and later I found out that... The, the first time I saw her, she was pretty sure it was an abusive relationship, but she wanted to go through the process with me because she didn't realize that, I mean, she realized that I wasn't ready to mm-hmm. to see that as an abusive relationship. And so um, we worked together for months, and I remember the day, the moment where she said to me, I think you're in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. I said, what? And she would give me books to read and I was that A plus student who would go out and get them on audiobooks and, and read them right away. And she gave me two books. And one of them is Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft. Mm-hmm. L U N D Y, Lundy Bancroft. Um, now I know that that's the, the seminal work on uh, abuse and it's brilliant. And the other one was The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans. And I put a hold on the verbally abusive relationship at the library, and the other one was available in audiobook. So I pulled out of the driveway, and I was listening to the verbally abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was summer in Nashville. And it was hot. I had the air conditioning going, and I was going to meet a friend at Arrington Vineyards, which is this this beautiful. Um, place where you can just get wine and chill and overlook these beautiful hills. And, and I was heading there to meet this friend, and, and I remembered my mouth dropping open and saying, yes, yes, that's it. That's exactly what's going on. And just feeling, on one hand, shock, but on the other hand, feeling like I wasn't crazy. Yeah. well, Because I, 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 I would try to work on my relationship and it wouldn't work and <laughs> kind of find out it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's really important. And I think one of my goals of this show today is to bring awareness to what uh, emotional abuse is and what, you know, is a definition or what are some ways that people can measure if they're in an emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah. Because I think Absolutely. one of the biggest things that happens is I've talked to people that are in these toxic and emotionally abusive relationships is that they feel like, they're crazy. They feel like no one's on their side. One of the signs, in fact, of an emotionally abusive relationship is that your partner is trying to isolate you, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, Mm -hmm. from your friends and your family. And you feel like there's something wrong with you. You feel so isolated and alone. So I'm really, really thankful that you had that opportunity to um, to have a counselor, to have somebody that helped you recognize what an emotionally abusive relationship was. And before we go to, um, you know, before we go to break, I, I want to hear if there's any other parts to your story. But before we go any further, as you're listening to this CD, what were some of the things or as you're listening to this audio tape on verbally abusive relationships, what were the things that you heard that you're like, OK, this is it. This is definitely what I'm experiencing. Can you just describe a couple of those? Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. Um, one of the things that it, was, that it was talking about is how abusers don't think like normal people. Mm-hmm. And because you or I, we would say, oh, somebody would never do that with the intention to hurt me, you'd think, okay, they're, they're wanting to work on this. Mm -hmm. They're, um, the interesting thing in that particular book that I haven't heard anywhere else is that they almost see you as an extension of themselves. And if you are not doing something that they feel like, um, they would do, they get upset about it. Well, this is what's really interesting. I actually looked up the definition in psychology today of what is an emotionally abusive relationship. And it was really interesting because before they even defined in this article here, before they even defined what emotional abuse was, they had to define what it's not. So um, 
I want to go over that briefly before we get a break. But one of the things they said is what emotional abuse is not. um, It's not abusive to break up with a partner. It's not abusive to argue. It's not abusive when someone reacts to you um, when you've done something to hurt them. So um, so it's really interesting because I think that's what mm. I was getting at, at the beginning. A lot of people, you know, I hear somebody say, well, I got in an argument with my spouse or I got in an argument with somebody. We're, we're in this emotionally abusive relationship. I'm like, no, that's that's normal. You can argue with somebody. But um, here here is where what it is. Emotional abuse is an attempt to control in just the same way that physical abuse is attempt to control another person. The only difference is that the emotional abuser does not use physical hitting, kicking, or pinching, right? Rather, the perpetrator mm-hmm. of emotional abuse uses emotions as his or her weapon of choice. And it's really interesting because as we um, come back from break, I know you're going to share with us some tools to recognize, you know, uh, what an emotional mm-hmm. abuser is and recognize some of the ways that you, that you can um, be able to have the confidence to get out of a, a relationship that's emotionally abusive. But I think it's really important to understand what it is and what it isn't um, because at end to look really hard. So I had to, when I read this, I had to look really hard inside myself and think, have I ever used emotions to try and manipulate or control the people in my life? So it's really interesting mm. to, to kind of reflect on that and look at that. But we're going to go to break now. But when we get back, uh, Jackie Gray, who is here sharing her story, she's literally had over a million views on Spotify. She's a beautiful singer. Um, she got into an abusive, emotionally abusive relationship, had the courage enough to get out of that relationship. And now she's really passionate about helping other people be able to identify if they're in an emotionally abusive relationship and what do they do. So when we come back, Jackie's going to help us be able to identify um, an emotional abuser and how to get out of a situation uh, that you feel like is emotionally abusive. You're listening to Spotlight and I'm Allison H. Larson. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready to be fabulous? You know, science has proven that women thrive in a tribe together. And now we invite you to join two fierce females, otherwise known as Sheila and Sarah, as they help you take the journey from flat to fabulous. It's fun, terrific stories and wise insight every week. Take better control of your life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time for Life from Flat to Fabulous on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Create happiness now. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I am so privileged to have on our show today Jackie Gray, who's joining us all the way from Nashville. This is uh, Jackie's a successful um, uh, blossoming singer in Nashville. She has over a million listens or views. I don't know. Do you call them listens or views, Jackie? 
on Spotify. Listens. Listens. Okay. I think I was saying views before and I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. So a million people uh, uh, that have Mm -hmm. listened to her songs on Spotify and she, um, she is sharing, courageously sharing her story with us of how she was uh, in an emotionally abusive relationship, how she find the courage to get out. So the thing I want to talk about now, Jackie, for those people that are listening in, who may be wondering, am I experiencing emotional abuse? Or uh, is somebody I love, you know, maybe they're looking at somebody they love and they're looking at a relationship that's just a little bit off. I actually had a experience um, with my one of my daughters where she got into a highly emotionally abusive relationship. We ended up having to get a restraining order um, against him. And that was a really scary thing. And as a mom, I, I didn't even know it, you know, until the end. I just felt like there was mm-hmm. something off. I felt like there was something weird, but I didn't follow my gut feeling. I didn't ask ask enough questions and I was shocked mm. one day when she called me and she said mom I tried to, to I, I she was really upset she's like I tried to break up with this guy last night and he ended up stealing my cell phone and kidnapping me and driving me to the middle of the mountains and he ended up trying to kill himself in front of her she had to resuscitate him and drive him back and and uh, he she checked him into the hospital and he checked himself out when he woke up and came over to her apartment and she wouldn't open the door for him so he punched through the front window I mean it was just crazy crazy stuff and I couldn't believe that I hadn't even I, I didn't even know or recognize so for those people who are listening I would love to hear what are the signs of um, uh, being in an emotionally abusive relationship or that um, what are the ABCs I think you said you had of, of recognizing an emotional abuser yes absolutely well first that's so scary oh my gosh <laughs> I'm so glad she was able yeah. to get out of that Whew. yeah it was um, really scary Oh, my gosh. Before I share the ABCs, I know that you had given a definition of what it's not and what it is. And if I may, I would love to share a definition of domestic violence from, and it's a quote from Amy Alexander, and she is the co-founder of the Refuge Center in Franklin, Tennessee, which is where I went for therapy. Mm -hmm. And she is a specialist on abuse. Um, So her definition of domestic violence is any pattern of behaviors that attempts to control an intimate partner or family member through the use of fear, manipulation, isolation, intimidation, physical, sexual, or verbal abuse. The sole purpose is to establish power and control over another person. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful definition. Pretty clear, too. Isn't that amazing? Because I, I think, I mean, back to what we were talking about earlier, thinking about domestic violence as only physical, I found that out when I was living in a domestic violence shelter for two months. No, it's, it's not just physical. It all starts with the, the emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So the, the ABCs that you want to watch out for with somebody else is first, anger. A is for anger. And I have a nickname for my ex-husband, and it's Boss Baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is that kind of an anger. So if Mm -hmm. you can imagine a little kid in a high chair just banging their fists, getting so mad when things don't go their way. Mm -hmm. And, And that is something that you can experience zero to 60. So they can be just fine. You're having a chill conversation and all of a sudden something doesn't go their way or they don't like something and they get very angry. Well, what's, what's, what's interesting about this, I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment because I want to bring up this point because, um, I have been aware of people and I found myself in situations where somebody will get super angry and I don't know what's going to set them off. And I'm like, ah, what's going on? And there have been instances um, of people I know that they punch walls or they kick and break cupboards or they throw things at people. And just because they don't hit somebody like uh, physically with that, um, is that anger still abusive? Is it abusive to get so angry and so mad that you would, you know, hurt or destroy other things, even if it's not at that person? Because I've heard people say before, well, you know, he or she gets really angry 
but they they don't ever hurt me. Um, but the, you know they punched mm. a hole in the wall, or they kicked the cupboard and broke it, or they you know threw. Th- and I just think of this baby throwing a temper tantrum. So is that yes. does that fit in the category of domestic violence? Absolutely, I, w- I would say it is, and and I would ask that person too. If that person is destroying property, mm-hmm. are they destroying? Now we're not talking about kicking walls or anything, but are they destroying your things? Or are they destroying their own Yeah, because I've also experienced that where, yeah. Okay, really interesting, really yeah. interesting. Well, I, yeah. love, I love that A for anger. So when is it okay and how is it okay to be angry? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think that the difference of the anger is getting angry at a situation or getting angry at people and and how you deal with that anger right because if i mean i've and i've had i've had arguments with with family where we get angry at each other and they always come back and we're like i'm so sorry that was stupid you know Mm -hmm. and it's being able to admit that you were wrong Mm -hmm. which actually leads into the b which is which is blame Mm -hmm. um but you, mm, it's, it's always somebody else's fault when they're angry yeah, with the yeah. type of, of anger. And, and b- before we got married, I saw him be angry at different people in different ways, but I thought, oh, he's not being angry at me. Like, for instance, the, the HOA, um, the homeowners association, he would get upset that they weren't doing certain things or whatever. And I thought, okay, I, I need to be supportive. I need to be on his side. But realizing that if they are angry at other people and, you know, <clears throat> talking negatively about, about those people frequently, if, if there, if there's always that anger, there's always something to be angry about. Um, that is a red flag that you you want to be yeah and it's never that fault that's that's really that's really interesting because i've noticed that in past relationships that i've been in or um in you know other people relationship and so here's what that looked like to me and here's what was going through my mind as you were saying that and i want to give some Mm -hmm. examples because i want people to really be able to understand what this b is um when you're talking about blame, um, for me, it's it's experiencing times where um, you're getting upset at a referee or a coach at a sporting event, right? And you're yelling mm-hmm. and the, the foul or whatever happened is their fault and it's not your fault. It's And I remember experiencing this and, and being with somebody who was just constantly blaming other people. I remember feeling so mm-hmm. embarrassed at sporting events because feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, this is totally out of control, this anger anger and this blame, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. or, or being um, whatever it was, if something didn't go right at work, you know, it was never that yeah. person's fault. It was always somebody that they were working with fault, and they would get so angry and so mad. So I think that that's really interesting. And I think that anybody who is going to work on themselves needs to be um, able to step back and look at how they played a part in the relationship. Before we get into the C, because I know uh-huh. we talked about A, which is anger, yeah. B, which is blame. There was a really good question, mm-hmm. and I want to bring this up because this kind of goes with the blame. Uh, somebody on the Facebook Live said, well, what about people that, um, w- would you have any advice for emotional for the emotional abuser? Are they able to self-reflect? And that's a really mm-hmm. great question. And I would say the answer yeah. to that question is no, they cannot self-reflect yes. if they are in blame. Because nothing is their fault. How can you reflect on what's your fault? So I think one of the first steps for somebody that's saying, oh, my gosh, I'm realizing that I get angry all the time. I realize that I blame people all the time is you have to step back and you have to look and say, what am I doing? You cannot you Mm -hmm. cannot self-reflect when you are stuck in blame. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. Good. Because if if you had said no, it would have been really awkward. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's funny. Um, I mean, if you are asking yourself, am I an abuser? The odds are very high that you are not because mm, they are unable to be reflective. And, and I, I've seen some different percentages about how often abusers change and, 
the one that sticks in my mind, and I'm um, fairly sure it's from the verbally abusive relationship or the verbally abusive man by Patricia Evans, um, 3% of abusers end up changing. Wow. And part of well, that is because, because of the blame, because they don't want to. They're getting mm-hmm. everything they want. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting, too, is, and I think this is a common theme. I was I was doing a lot of research before the show. I've done a lot of research throughout the past couple of years. And I remember reading something that really struck me and really stuck out to me um, when it comes to emotional abuse. And that is oftentimes emotional abusers will blame their partner of being emotionally yeah. abusive. And so I remember yeah. in a past relationship being blamed of emotional abuse and thinking, oh, my gosh. Maybe I am. Am I emotionally abusive? Mm-hmm. Am I manipulative? Mm-hmm. Am I? And I was being accused of all these things, and it really caused a lot of confusion and question in my mind. So I wanted to bring that up mm-hmm. too. Okay, so A, anger. B, yeah, blame. What's I the what's the C of recognizing an emotional abuser or an emotionally abusive re- uh, relationship? What's the C? You know, before I go to the C, you um, you brought something to mind with the blame that I wanted to address just uh, yes, really please. quickly, and. That is the empathy piece. So 15% of the general population, according to the National Institute of Health, are in a cluster B personality disorder, and all of the cluster B personality types will engage in a cycle of abuse with their victims. And the really interesting thing about that is they've done brain scans on folks with cluster B personality disorders, and I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole, but... Mm -hmm. The empathy receptors in their brains are thinner and in some cases non-existent. So that is one reason why they do blame and they see everything as another person's fault is because they are literally not able to put themselves in your shoes. Interesting. So that's just another fascinating piece of that. That is Um, fascinating. I like that a lot. Okay. So A, B, what's C? Yeah. Yeah, and C is control. Mm-hmm. This is something we've already talked about quite a bit, but the the isolation, wanting to control. In my case, um, he's very controlling about the food, about finances, um, so many things upon reflection, but it's all about power and control. That is the heart of emotional abuse. Yeah. And And abuse is also a spectrum. You know, it's always going to start with the emotional abuse before it goes to the physical abuse. And um, sometimes it never gets to the physical abuse. But, like, I have an aunt who was in a 20-year abusive marriage, and I asked her, how long into your marriage was it before the emotional abuse turned physical? And she Mm -hmm. said it was two years. Wow. So So it's, yeah. But it does, yeah, it does take take a while to do that. So, um Love this. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have another question here. So we've got the A, abuse, or I mean anger, B, blame, mm-hmm. C, control. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. Um, we have a comment here that I wanted to just um, go over, I'm trying to get to expand. So yeah. um, good stuff. Curious your opinions on how we protect our kids, especially our daughters, from ending up mm-hmm. in different types of abusive relationships. And I like this question because, as I mentioned before, having yeah. a daughter who was in an abusive relationship really hit close to home. Here's what I would say to that question. Yeah. And I want to be totally um, transparent here, but without any type of blame. At the time that she got into a highly emotionally abusive relationship, I was in a highly toxic relationship. And I remember Mm. thinking at the time, how could my daughter, who's so smart and so brilliant and so amazing, and I'm getting emotional thinking about it, how could she get Mm. into this situation? Why would she allow this to happen to herself? And I remember as I reflected yeah. upon that question, and I was actually kneeling in prayer at the time, and I heard God say the same words to me. How could you, my daughter, who's so brilliant and so amazing mm-hmm. and so smart and so beautiful, get into a place where you're allowing yourself to be in a highly toxic relationship? And um, it was a really... Interesting for me to realize that oftentimes our children are learning more from our behavior than from our words. And Mm. so for me to answer that question, it would be the better relationship that you can have with yourself 
um, the more likely your children will be to not get into that or the better relationship that you have with somebody else. And it's been really interesting to see, um, you know, right now um, my ex-husband just got remarried and is in a beautiful relationship and I'm in a really great and healthy relationship. It's interesting that just it just so happens that three of my four children, um, you know, my children are older, all in really great relationships right now with people who treat them really well and and it was really interesting to me to see this cycle of when um, I was in a toxic relationship, two of my daughters that were both dating age got into uh, relationships that were not healthy and that were, um, mm. you know, abusive of, in, in, in certain ways. And so that would be the answer, my answer to that question. Do you have anything you wanted to add, Jackie? Yeah, the, the thing that popped into my mind is, because you were asking yourself, how could I have let myself get into this relationship? Mm-hmm. And that's a question that I've gotten sometimes from people. Like, didn't you see the signs? Didn't you? Like, how would you? And I would say it is not your fault because the thing that I have realized and um, learned through how I've been able to educate myself about abuse is if you are a victim of abuse, you are targeted by an abuser. Interesting. And they target specific qualities. If you are empathic, if you are kind, if you're loving and forgiving and give second chances and see the best in people, those are the things that they target because they know you're going to be a great victim. Mm. You're going to be a great source of um, narcissistic supply is, is what it's called for them that literally keeps them going. And so then the question is, those are all great qualities. So how do you balance those awesome qualities and protect yourself from an abuser? Yeah. And, and uh, one book that my therapist had me read that was super helpful is called Boundaries. And I have learned as I'm getting back out into the dating world, how important boundaries are maybe even more because I'm empathic and have those qualities that, that you have, Allison, that mm-hmm. I would bet your daughter has yeah. to protect those beautiful qualities and to say, okay, this is not okay behavior for me. I don't, I don't have to put up with this. What do I want in a relationship? Am I feeling good about this? And it's, yeah. it's so... It's so hard well, and to I think, learn to establish boundaries. Yeah, I think you're correct. And boundaries is something I've always struggled with. I remember uh, just mm-hmm. yesterday, I was listening to Brene Brown about boundaries and thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, getting all fired up about it. But here, here's what I think I'm hearing from you. And here's one of the takeaways that I have is that people that are highly em- empathic and just really kind are usually the ones that struggle the most with this because they think more about the mm-hmm. person than the situation. And I know one of the things that I've struggled with is sometimes so I have this great ability to love people to their potential, right? And I just see a person and I automatically see all the greatness in them. I can see the great things mm-hmm. they could be and the great things they could do and all this capacity. And the truth is all of us have that within us. But what I've learned is that I can love people to their potential, but I can't always trust them to their potential because they aren't there yet. And I don't think I'm an untrusting person, but I think that I have learned that trust needs to be earned. And if someone has not earned my trust, I'm going to have certain boundaries with them. And if they ever overstep those boundaries, then I'm going to reestablish them. So a couple other things I wanted to get into, because I know you've got some advice for people who are in abusive relationships about getting out, but just, I love the ABCs. I love, Mm -hmm. you, you know, if you're recognizing that someone's really angry all the time for no reason, that's a sign, you know, you could you could be experiencing some emotional abuse if they're stuck in a blame cycle, like nothing is ever their fault and if they're highly controlling. But also, I want you to look at you too. Like I'm listening to these and I'm thinking about myself and I'm like, wow, you know, there's times I can get stuck in blame or there's times that I can feel controlling. And so to recognize that it's a two-way street and that all of us can work on that. Um, okay, so here are some other things that I wanted to bring up, some other signs of an emotionally abusive relationship. Relationship. So name calling, right? Um, and and yelling, patronizing. One of the things that was really interesting when I was in a highly um, toxic relationship is I always felt p- 
patronized. I always felt put down to the point where mm-hmm. I, I didn't even want to talk at dinner time because I felt like yeah. nothing I would say was important or would be taken seriously. Um, there's joking, there's mm-hmm. insults of your appear- appearance, belittling your accomplishments, putting down your interests. So just some of the things. And it's not like any one of these things someone has and it's like, oh, yes, that would definitely you know happen. Um, but all these things Absolutely. add to it. Um, so there's also shaming and control. So threats, monitoring your whereabouts. Yeah. Like if someone's mm-hmm. tracking your phone, if someone is like that controlling with you, then that's a sign, hey, there's something going on here. Digital spying, if they're, if they're monitoring your texts or your conversations. Um, financial control, um, treating you like a child unpredictability. I remember feeling in, uh, in, in being in a toxic relationship and feeling like I was always walking on eggshells. Like, I don't know, is he happy? Is he sad? What's going to happen? And I like, if, if he like, we went like, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? I'd be like, Oh, what's wrong, honey? And, and he would be like, Oh, well my, you know, the team football team I wanted lost, but like every little thing I was like immediately on alert. What did I do this time? Um, that would be a sign of that accusing, blaming and denial. You talked about blaming, but specifically one of the things that I wanted to touch on was using guilt right so this sounds Mm -hmm. like maybe the person might say something like you owe me this look at all i've done for you and making you feel like for some reason you owe them something um uh accusing you of abuse we already talked about that a little bit blaming Mm -hmm. you for their problems um okay and then there's the the emotional neglect part right demanding respect shutting down communication Mm -hmm. keeping you from socializing withholding affection calling you needy, interrupting you, um, having um, indifference. So these are all things that if you're recognizing a lot of these in your relationship, it's time for you to be like, hey, it's time to take a look at this relationship and see what can happen. Mm -hmm. And I want to address too that just because you're in an emotionally abusive relationship doesn't mean you need to leave. It means that either things need to change or you need to leave. And if that person's stuck mm. in that B of blame, they pro- they're probably not going to change. But I think in your heart, and when you're in a relationship, you know, is this going to change or is this not going to change? If it's not going to change, mm-hmm. that's a sign, hey, you need, to, you need to get out. When was your moment, Jackie, just out of curiosity before we get into yeah. to some of the things um, that you can do to be able to leave a relationship like that um when when was the moment where you had enough courage to leave because i know for me and for some people that i've talked to you know it's really really hard to take that that step of courage or that leap of faith especially because if you've been in an emotionally abusive relationship you feel like crap you don't really feel like you're worth anything (laughs) you know you've been so uh, emotionally abused for so long so when was that moment for you when you're like okay i've got to i've got to leave i've got to do it yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there were a couple instances of of leaving. I um, I came up with my my own list, um, like like you had just listed of things in our relationship that were um, abusive, and um, I used a model that is in Patricia Evans' book, The Verbally Abusive Man. And she says, "Okay, do you want to see if they can change?" See how they will react to this agreement. And you both agree that you're not going to be abusive toward each other in any of these ways. And the way that he reacted to that was to say, you know, this is a list of all the things that you think that are wrong about me. And you, that's like you saying, I don't like the person I married. You need to change who you are. Um, Sign on the dotted line. And that was super concerning to me because it was as if he was equating his own personhood with the abuse. And interesting. And I think that is another sign too, because um, because you know everybody I've talked to that's been in an emotionally abusive relationship, and in my experience, when you try and talk to somebody and be like, "Hey, I I really like this to change. I think this is going on." It's like, "Why are you accusing me of that? You know, you're always blaming me." Mm -hmm. And it's just immediate, not even feeling like they are willing to yes. listen to you. So that's a really great point. So you did that. Yeah. He wasn't so, willing to listen to you. I and did then, that. And then yeah, what he, happened? He wasn't. And so then that day I moved out. I called one of my friends and she was out of town, but I went to stay with her parents. And um, I, I was at that point equally holding two possibilities in my future, which is so emotionally draining, but really important. And one of them was 
okay, he changes, we have a family, we have a future, and the other one is he doesn't change, and this is me on my own. And honestly, I prayed for breadcrumbs. I said, okay, show me which direction I'm supposed to go with this. <clears throat> so I, I told him, if you have any chance of wanting me to move back, then you're going to have to go to a batter's intervention class. Um, which deals with a lot of power and control issues. Mm -hmm. And um, later he actually ended up getting kicked out of the batter's intervention class. Um, But during that time, I was trying to see if he could change or not. And he went back to, so the cycle of abuse has three phases. The first one is the honeymoon phase, and then there's the devalue phase, then the blow-up phase. And he went back to that honeymoon phase. But five weeks into that arrangement, um, I had a friend come into town escaping Hurricane Irma. He came to our wedding. He was a previous piano student in Seattle. I'd known him for 10 years. And um, the three of us, Boss Baby, my friend, and I um, had several meals together over the course of a couple days. And then I had a really um, verbally abusive uh, phone conversation with um, Boss Baby. And... Um, this is in the evening, and then the next day was my friend's last day in town, and I thought, I'm not going to reach out to Boss Baby because, um, good riddance, I just, I need a break from the abuse. And that night, my friend said, hey, this is my last night in town, I'm thinking about going to the melting pot, and I said, oh, that's my favorite restaurant, and I never get to go because Boss Baby is really controlling with the food. So we went, and... I hadn't told Boss Baby where we were, and it is in a underground building in Nashville. So it's not like you can just walk by and see. And I had my phone's location turned off, and we were finishing dinner with this amazing dark chocolate fondue. And I look up, and Boss Baby is charging right at me. And it's this moment of wait, what's happening? And he has this huge explosion and is yelling and shouting at me in the middle of this restaurant about how he knew that I'm cheating on him with my friend and all this craziness. And, and honestly, that wasn't the breadcrumb. That was a loaf of bread. (laughs) And, And when he finally left, I knew that there was no way that that I could go back and I ended up going to a domestic violence shelter um, several days later because I was just so scared because if he did that, what else was he possible, uh, capable of doing? Well, and, um, yeah, and I want to bring, I want to bring something out here really quickly because if yeah. you are in a relationship where you're fearing your partner, I don't care if you're a man fearing a woman, because yeah. I think there's a lot of emotionally mm-hmm. abusive relationship that the woman's the mm-hmm. emotional abuser, or if you're a woman constantly fearing the man that's in your relationship, get out or change. Because there mm-hmm. is no relationship in this world that will do you good if you're based in fear. And I remember, um, you know, like even for me in, in ending any kind of relationship, um, even with my marriage, what I realized was I was staying married out of fear. And I ended mm-hmm. up getting divorced out of love because... I wanted to choose love and not fear anymore. And so just think about that. If you are constantly afraid of the other person or you're afraid of what people are thinking, and I'm not just talking about emotional abuse right now. I'm talking about any kind of toxic relationship that you're in. If you are experiencing massive fear and you're afraid to leave that relationship or you're afraid of the person, that is never going to end well. So figure out when you step into love what needs to happen. Is it that you need to love that relationship back to health? Is it, is it that you need to love yourself enough to leave? Is it that you love that other person enough to let them go? What is it? But step out of fear and, and choose love. So, um, yeah. So I'm really glad that you actually had that experience that allowed you to be able to, to leave that relationship. And we've only got, I mean, I can't believe how fast this show's flying, but we've only got a couple of minutes. And I want to make sure that you have an opportunity for people to uh, know how to get a hold of you. But just in the next, like, 60 seconds, share with us a couple of tips for people who are in an emotionally abusive relationship. How do they get out? Yes. So I've got, I've got three for you real quick, and they're all S's. Um, the first is say sayonara, which we've say already sayonara. talked about a little bit. But, 
But um, also along with that, if you know the person is abusive, um, going no contact with them is your best way to get yourself back into health because they'll try to suck you back into that relationship. Well, and even with like, yeah, even with an emotionally abusive relationship after you break up, if that person's still wanting to cycle through, if they're still wanting to hash things out, if they're still, you can get sucked back in. I've seen people get sucked back in. So, okay, say sayonara. What's the second S? Yes. And the second is to seek support. I really Mm -hmm. believe that if I hadn't had the support of my therapist and the support of the shelter, a B support group, um, and also books uh, um, that I read, online education. Um, there's so much there, but you can't do it on your own. Um, and then the last one is surrender to self-care. Mm-hmm. And healing is all about self-care. And um, that's something that I, I learned at the shelter. My caseworker would say um, every week, she would say, what is one thing that you're going to do for you? Which I think is great for any of us, no matter where we're at is is what is one thing that you're going to do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that. super quick. <laughs> no, that's that's really good, though. For people who want more information from you or that might want to reach out to you for support, um, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website um, that is just getting up is um, JackieGraySpeaks.com. And you can also reach me by email at JackieGraySpeaks at gmail.com. That's and you can listen to my music on Spotify. I just look for Jackie Gray. Jackie Gray. That's J-A-C-K-I-E and Gray G-R-A-Y. So check out Jackie yeah. Gray. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today all the way from Nashville, uh, for being courageous, for helping uh, me and my listeners to recognize what some of the signs of uh, an emotionally abusive or abusive relationship is and how to get out of it. Um, just I want to leave with this for... Um, those of you that are listening out there, this was super helpful to me. I've just got like a minute left, but I want you to ask yourself these questions um, because ultimately emotionally abusive relationships, usually the person can't leave um, that's the victim because they are what is called codependent. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. Just reflect on these or think about that person that you're thinking of. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a friend that might be in a relationship. Are, are you unhappy in the relationship but fear alternatives? Do you consistently neglect your own needs for the sake of theirs? Okay, so that's the self-care, right? Um, do you ditch friends mm-hmm. and sideline your family to please your partner? Do you frequently seek out your partner's approval? Do you critique, critique yourself through your abuser's eyes, ignoring your own instincts? Like, what would they want me to do, right? Um, do you make a lot of sacrifices to please the other person, but it's not reciprocated? Would you rather live in the current state of chaos than be alone? That's a really powerful one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you bite your tongue and repre- repress your feelings to keep the peace? That's what was a big one I struggle with. Do you feel responsible and take blame for something that they did? Do you defend mm-hmm. your abuser when others point out what's happening? Do you try and rescue them from themselves? Do you feel guilty when you stand up for yourself? Do you think you deserve this treatment? Do you believe that nobody else could ever want to be with you? And do you want to change your behavior in response to guilt? Your abuser says, I can't live without you, so you stay. So think about those things. If you're struggling with any of those things, reach out to Jackie Gray. Get the support that you need um, and trust your instincts. Um, You know what to do and you know how to best take care of yourself. So thank you so much for listening today. I'm Allison H. Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Until next week, when we'll have another guest on that's transformed their life and is now looking to transform the lives of other people. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.